before you restart or not. Right, I've uh, been a little bit under the weather here for the last few days. I'm starting to come out of it, but I'm fairly uh, fatigued. And so uh, bear with me this morning as I struggle to, to stay with it and to help. And so I'll, we'll just pray. I'll pray for a strengthener for me as we preach the word. So, Father, I thank you for this ability to stand before hungry hearts who love you, Lord. But I want to steward that rightly this morning. I want to give the word with clarity. So, Father, I ask that you would strengthen even my physical body right now. Father, as you pull words of my spirit to speak, I ask that it become clear with authority from you, Father. But I ask that you also anoint our, our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what you're doing, what you're saying. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. I didn't think it would be right the last minute to call pastor and say, hey, I'm just not going to make it. Put it on. But I, I do, I feel like the Lord put a word inside of me, so we're just going to ask that that, I believe that that comes forth. I want to start this morning, I'm going to brag on my daughter, uh, but I'll tie that into the message. I'm not just getting up to brag on my daughter. Little, uh, little Hadassah, man, is she awesome or what? She's awesome. She's just, she's something. Uh, you know, we, Hadassah or Hattie Mae, and, and one of the things is, as I look at her, personally, but I see it all over, is, is you can't help but be captured by her. When you, when you see her and you look at her, and I see that with, with everyone, she just she has this thing where when she smiles, it just captures your heart, doesn't it? I mean, you're, it's like this full acceptance, and she does it all the time. She has this, when she, she just kind of gives you that little laugh or that little smile, and when you're looking at her, the next thing you know, you just feel fully accepted, and every, you know, it doesn't matter what mood you are in. And you begin to just kind of come into that world. She doesn't have to do anything. It's just, just her presence, just that little knowing that she's accepting you. And your heart just kind of comes alive, and you begin to enjoy her. Is that all right if I brag on her for a moment? It's the truth, isn't it? Has anybody felt that when you look at her? You look at your own child, too. But there's, you know, there's just something when it's your own daughter, isn't it? Here's, here's the reality. That is the delight of relationships. That's actually, relationships are created to have enjoyment involved. The, the, the reality of, of why God has relationships and why we have a relationship with Him is because He wants that connection. See, a relationship, we've defined it so much by what we do and the acts and all of these things and the services and how many prayer meetings we can go to and if, if we spend enough time here and there. And really, the essence of a relationship is enjoyment. Enjoyment, that we would enjoy one another. And when we come, and, and, and from that enjoyment, when I'm, she's captured my heart and, and I enjoy, and my, there's just something that moves inside of us, isn't there? When she smiles at you, and when she does that little thing, it's just some these emotions come forth, and there's just this deep connection 
with her. And it's because of that, in the middle of the night, when I hear the cry, or when, you know, I smell the, the, the smell, that I'm able to actually respond to that with a heart of gratitude. And think that, that you know, as much as I, I don't love changing diapers or getting up in the middle of the night, there's still something in my heart that says, you know what, I do not want her to feel any pain. I don't want her to cry. I don't want her to to be uh, in that mess. And so I respond because my heart is captured by the relationship that I have with her. And and here's what I want to do this morning. It's a short word. But I want to bring us back to the the core, um, uh, the primary reason that you're created. And it's for delighting in relationship with the Father. And we miss this so often. I, I catch myself thinking about what it is to love the Lord, and, and I always define it by, you know, the things that I do, I want to love them with all of my heart resources, and, you know, if I clean myself up a little bit, and if I do this and do that, and that's how I love the Lord, and part of it that we miss is just the pleasure of Him loving us, feeling the delight that He has over us, and giving that back to Him, He says, that is what you're created for, that is the primary reason that you exist. And we don't want to miss that. We don't want to go through the earth and say, hey, we believe in Jesus, but miss the very uh, the core of who we are or why we've been created. Here's the verse that I want to anchor us on for a second. Here is Ephesians 1.4. Let's turn there. verses is Isaiah 62, because he said this, and it's in the midst of actually a rebellious nation, he goes, you know what, my my heart, it delights for you. He goes, I actually rejoice over you in the same way that uh, I, uh, the, the bridegroom rejoices over the bride. He says, that's what I feel, that I really have affection for you, and, and that's what defines a relationship, is that our heart is moved for one another. I mean, even the, our natural relationships, I think even with my boys, you know, the, the thing that I love is that my heart is captured by them. The, what I, I don't say, oh, I just love my boys because they always obey me. I don't say, oh, I just love my boys because, you know, they do the housework and now I don't have to mow the lawn. You know, and, and sometimes we're defining our relationship with the Lord by those things. We're saying, oh, God loves us because, you know what, we go to... We go to more prayer services, or you know what, because we cleansed, you know, cleaned ourselves up and we're responsive and all those things. He says, No, I, I love you. I delight in who you are. Because I enjoy you. I enjoy when you speak to me and I speak to you and I enjoy the relationship aspect of it. And so we 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 come off that and what happens is our heart just becomes dull. He says this in Ephesians. One for just as I chose, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So He, he has these aspects. He says, "Yeah, I, I see the without blame and the holiness, but it's in the aspect of love." We're going to define love later on, what it what it really looks like or what it is. And he says this, having predestined us. 
which was just saying before creation, before the, the world was even created, he said, I had you in mind. I began to see you and, and know who you are uh, before I even created the world. And it was because of this reason right here. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will. You see that the good, the, why you're created is because you bring pleasure to the Lord. That relationship, your existence, he's saying even before you did anything, you're bringing this pleasure to the Lord. Look at Hadassah, she can't, she can't really do anything right now for us, but our hearts are captured by her just because of the relationship, because there's pleasure in this. And, and that's the primary reason that we're created. And so many times we skip over that part and we try to do everything else. You know, the kingdom calls us to do, and you think about most of the messages that we preach are about obedience, cleaning ourselves up, prayer movements, whatever it is, which are all good. We want to do those things because it actually cultivates that relationship with the Lord. But primarily what it is is enjoying God. When was the last time that you sat and enjoyed your relationship with the Father? When, when was the last time that instead of, okay, God, I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen, you know, I'm sorry for this, I'll try to clean up that, I'm going to try to make it here, but that you just sat there and said, oh, God, I enjoy you. I'm, it's that David's heart beholding his beauty and, and his affections for us. What, what, see, we miss that. Because we've defined love and we define relationship by these acts of what we do. The platform in Genesis, let's turn there. I love this because this is right here is the, uh, the foundation of our, our creation when we're created. This, this is what we are created for is Genesis, this garden picture. He says this in verse 26 that let us uh, make man in our own image, in our likeness, so that, that we can actually be compatible with one another, that we can share. I'm, I'm ad living there. The, the verse is just in our image, in our likeness. But why is that? That he can have this connection with us, that he can really have a relationship, that he can take this pleasure of relationship uh, to the fullness. He says this then in Genesis 2.9. He says, And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Even, even before obedience or before uh, all of these things that we have to sign up to do, he says, look, at, I've, I've created this one, you, in my image, uh, in my likeness, so that we can connect with one another. And then in this sanctuary or this place that I put you, because I already had you designed in my mind before I even created this. He didn't create the earth and say, hey, I need some people to fill it. He said, I have this great pleasure and relationship with these people. I need an earth to walk it out. And he says, in the midst of that, I begin to, to begin to produce things that was pleasurable for them, that they would look upon this and we could walk together and find pleasure together as, as he walked with them in the cool of the day. We know that verse too. He says, and 
uh, chapter 3, verse 8 of Genesis, he says, And they heard the sound of the Lord of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That he actually, what we have is this platform of enjoyment and pleasure as we experience it with the Lord. I mean, that's, that's actually what we have as earthly relationships, is that we would find pleasure in one another as we begin to do things on the earth. That's, that's at the core of what we desire. That's at the core of who we are. And that's at the core of who God is. And that's what he wants is a relationship where he's enjoying you as you enjoy him. Amen. And, that, and that's the very core of what we want to get to before we get to anything else. Matthew 22, 37. We'll just quote it. He said, the, the Pharisees said, what's the greatest thing? What's, what's the greatest law? Uh, and Jesus says, here it is. To love the Lord your God. All of your heart, mind, soul, strength. He says, that's, that's the greatest thing. He said, the second one is actually in the same manner is to love one another. Love your neighbor. He said, because when that happens, when you're in a connection of love, when when you're feeling that, the relationship's flowing, he said everything else will flow from that. He said all the laws and commandments will actually hang off this. this. This is the very foundation that we're to give ourselves to. And I just keep asking the question to myself, when is the last time that I delighted in just knowing the Lord, sitting before him? Is my life about that? And that I would allow things to flow from that. Amen. So we see that the first place or foundation is this garden or sanctuary that where we're walking with the Lord. And we have the other things of, of guarding it and tending it, right? Keeping the garden and tending the garden. And so all of that is in the mix of relationship that we weed out some of the things that would hinder our relationship with the Lord. And we begin to blossom some of the flowers that, that would actually cause that experience to come to its fullest. And so we war against sin and we set our hearts to uh, do things or the character of our heart that it would produce uh, a greater experience with the Lord. But what I want to see is the garden is a place of encounter with the Lord. That's what he our, it's our sanctuary. Now at the fall, we have that separation. See, he wants us to experience uh, him and us, him on us and us on him, on the five senses, right? He put us in the garden. We could see and we could hear him. We could touch. All of those things were happening because that's what he desired. But at the fall of man, there's that separation, right? We don't have that. We ate from the tree of the good, uh, of the knowledge, and here we have this, this separation, that happens. So now we have the garden or that sanctuary becomes our heart. That that sanctuary, that, that dwelling place for the Lord is in our heart. Here's, here's the verse for that. Uh, Ephesians. That's one that we, we share a lot. I don't have right here in front of me. Ephesians, I believe it would be 117 or is it 317? Let's turn there because we need it. Ephesians 317. tracking with me? 
says this in Ephesians, let's start in 3.16. This is that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. It's like, okay, I want to strengthen them uh, through their spirit and in their inner man. This is that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So here, here's the core. Here's, he said, okay, there's this separation, but my desire is in this separation that, the, that Jesus, that Christ would actually dwell in our hearts, that there would be that garden of our hearts, that, that vineyard is our hearts, that place of encounter is in the heart. And he says, this is what I want to take place. And we see it in Song of Solomon, that my heart or my vineyard is mine to give, right? That, that is, that's the place that we kind of hold control of, we're able to give it or not give it, and we can see that in all of our relationships. And Jesus' primary desire right now is that he wouldn't just touch your heart, but that he would dwell in that sanctuary in your hearts. He said, this is what I want right now. This is pretty soon I will come in the fullness. But he said, right now I want to be able to dwell in that place of your affections. I want to take over your heart in this age. I don't want to just visit it. I don't want to just see it. I want to be there and I want to dwell in it that you would be rooted and grounded in my love, and that he would experience all of that. He said, this is our sanctuary. This is the garden that we would meet and encounter him. And that's what he is about. The great thing about this, the great thing that is the place of our heart, is that you take that everywhere. He said, look at you can delight in the relationship, in the connection of me upon your heart, whether you're in the car, drinking coffee, in the workplace. And part of our condemnation upon not approaching God or being with God is that, hey, you know, we, we run out of time. We're not able to connect with Him. We didn't get to spend our morning devotion, our evening devotion, which I agree and we want to set our hearts to. But, but rather I look at it as a whole lifestyle where we're connecting with the Lord in our hearts 24-7. It doesn't matter where you are or what your circumstance is. Because when we begin to connect to the Lord and we see it that way, inside of our hearts, all of these things begin to flow out, which we call the attributes or the acts of love. But if we don't have that, if we don't have that rooted in our heart, we try to perform those and it gets very difficult and we can't sustain that, can we? And what has happened as we try to define love by the acts, and really where our heart is not captured or moved by him, and we end up in condemnation and shame and guilt because we can't perform love. We, we have to first begin to feel it in our heart and be captured with him. Amen. So what we've performed or what we've created in the church is, is once, myself, trying to act out what love looks like because we know the core relationship is love, but we define love with acts rather than our heart being moved with delight over the Lord and His pleasure over us. And so we're trying to act all these things out and we just fall completely one after the other and we begin to judge and try to, try to uh, we end up falling in condemnation. Does that make sense? And so we want to be back to this foundational principle. Let's turn. Actually, before we do that, one of the things in Ephesus, right? One of the stronger churches that came forth. They were so moved by God upon their heart that they began to burn 
of all of their things, and then we find, well, 80 years later, these churches to or the letters to Asia in Revelation 2 and 3. And he starts with Ephesus, and he says this. He goes, look at you are patient. You're doing good work. You have zeal for me, all of these things. You're, you're laboring for me. Right? That's all the things that we define love as. And he said this, though. He goes, but you've left your first love. He says, remember where you have fallen and go back to your first love. Here, here's, it's, it's so easy to do. We begin to go through the acts and the motions, but we lose that connection with the Lord. We do it in our marriages. We do it in all of our relationships. Pretty soon it becomes about what he can do or what she can do for me, and we begin to coexist. But when the emotion, when we lose that connection with one another, those things become, the, they, they begin to fade. And everything begins to fall apart. I'm not saying we don't go through dry seasons. I'm not at all saying that love is only this emotion and, if, and we gotta, there's going to be seasons where we don't feel anything. We have that in our natural uh, relationships. If you've been married for longer than a few months, you understand that, okay, there's a time where you don't feel that passionate for someone. But I'll tell you this, that's a dangerous place to be. I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay. I understand there's times where I don't feel all of this passion for the Lord, but I say, you know what? That's a dangerous place for me to be. I want to rekindle that fire. I want to go back to my first love where I begin to feel the emotion and I begin to cry out to the Lord and say, God, I want to be captured by your heart because this is foundational to you. This is the why, the reason I'm created. Why you gave me a soul is that I can feel you and I can be passionate for you and I want you to rekindle that in me. Let me experience your delight over me and I set myself up for it. I do not let myself continue in that place of not feeling. See, I started to look up the definition of love because some of this is contrary. You know, we, we, we define so often the acts of love. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13. This verse just struck me. Actually, I was just on the road. I was thinking about the way that I could love the Lord. And he said, just delight in him. Don't, don't do anything. Just enjoy him. And I thought about, you know, oh, Lord, I just, I need to give more. I need to do this. And, you know, i got to evangelize a little more. And all of these things that, that we say. He said, no, no, I just, I just want you to stop. I want you, I want you just to love me. Delight. When's the last time you just delighted in who I am? So I just thought about this verse. It says, though I speak with tongues of men, I'm evangelizing, preaching, teaching, all the gifts, and of angels, the tongues. He goes, but have not love. I've become a sounding brass or a clanking cymbal. He goes, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing Though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And I'm thinking in my heart, but I've, I've said, wait, the way to love you is to love you with all of my heart, all of my resources, all of my time, and that's how we love the Lord. But you're saying I can do all those things, 
I can give all of my stuff away to you. I can, you know, use all the gifts, evangelism, teaching, and those things, but still not love. So you're telling me those things are not the definition of love. He says, I, I can act in all of these things, but my heart is not moved by you. It's not captured by you. That, that affects you. So I started looking up the definition of, of what love is and defining it uh, through the word. And here's what, what I got out of that. Let me read these definitions. From the Erdman's Bible Dictionary, it says the basic aspect of relationship between humans, between God and humans, encompasses a compassion, affection, loyalty, and responsibility, mutual and delight, close bonds of friendship. The New Oxford American Dictionary, it says deep affection, pleasure over something. The New Bible Dictionary is closeness of personal relationship, the deepest possible expression of uh, personality. And so I, I began to see uh, the way that Jesus related to us was, you know, even when the people were harassed and down, he said his heart was moved with emotion for one another. Actually, what I'm making us think about is the very core principle of love is that our hearts would be moved. That's why David said, okay, here, here's David, he's a king, you know, he's being chased by his father-in-law, by another king, and he had all the requirements then of being a king, he had to make sure everybody is doing what they're supposed to do, and all of those things on his plate, and he says, you know, the only thing I want to do is behold God. How his heart was so moved, he was even in sin, you know, he had, he had times of sin, in his life, and, and God is like, this is actually the man that's after my heart. He said, he was so moved, he just wanted to behold God. He goes, you know what, I'm not going to give rest to my eyelids until the presence of God is in my city, that he's found a resting place. He's just so captured with the heart of God and feeling the, the Lord upon his heart. He said, that's what I want. Now the reality of of our heart being moved is that it will demand an action. Since you can't love and not have the attributes of love manifested in your life. That's what that's what Paul says. He goes, look at he goes, we're doing all those things, but we're absent of love. He goes, the love will suffer long. If your heart is moved someone with, with this compassion and, and this passion, he said, then the, the thing that flows from it is patience. The thing that flows from that place. And we work on this. I'm not saying that uh, we just automatically begin to be patient because we fell in love, but when we're falling in love, it's so much easier to begin to, to set our hearts to these attributes of, of patience and kindness, uh, long-suffering, he says, love does not envy, love does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, it's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends, never fails. And so what I see here, though, is our heart being moved. As we sit there and delight in the Lord, He delights in us, and the attribute of that comes forth. 
that is what love looks like. But I would say we can't uh, define it only in its acts and try to, if we try to just do these things without the connection, we will not be sustained in that. If, if, we, if I just say, okay, I'm going to be a person of patience, but I don't have a heart move for God or feeling God's heart move for me, I will not be sustained in patience. But when my heart is moved for the Lord, and my heart is moved for people, then patience comes forth as one of the attributes. Does that make sense? That's why when little Hadassah captured our heart, and she's just, she has us. She has me in place. Wrapped around her finger. And when those things happen, we, we desire uh, to help her and to please her. It's the same thing with the Lord. Now, we want to uh, tend the garden of our heart, right? We want to remove anything that would hinder that. We want to blossom some of the characters. And so we begin to dive into the Word. Why do we dive into the Word? Well, we get the Lord will love us more, and this is what we're supposed to do as Christians. No, because we want to know what He likes and what He desires. One of the things my, my wife does often is she reads books on parenting. Why is that? Well, you know, that she could be a good parent and do this. No, because she loves her kids and she wants to know the best way to begin to raise them. See, there's, there's, see the difference between the two? When your heart is captured for something, these things begin to produce and there's a desire. God says, if you're just doing it because, you know, you feel that is what the kingdom calls you to or that is what your church calls you to, he says, actually, that amounts to nothing to me. But when you're doing it because your heart is moved and connected to me, he said, then those things actually will be rewarded in heaven and mean everything. But it's from the foundation in which we do them from. And that is the, the delight in the Lord and to love him with all of our heart. Amen. Next week, we're going to look at tending the garden, character, and those things. But I, I, I just want us to sit on this. I don't, I don't want to move from the idea of taking pleasure because that's what we do. That bit, and then we move on to the next thing. And then we just continue. And we kind of just leave that, but this has to be our forefront. This has to be our heart. Even if you think, you know, if we're struggling in relationships right now, go back. As, as the Lord said, it. In Revelation 2, 1 to Ephesus, wait, wait, remember the height that you've fallen in that relationship. Go back and do the things that you first did, where your heart was passionate for. Maybe you're struggling and, and, and having passion for people. And God said, I'm love. The reason you love is because I loved you first. Begin to experience God's love for you and for people. Because he said, we don't just want to be passionate for him. I want to be passionate for you guys. You guys want to be passionate uh, for one another, that we would have love and that these would flow from that. Now, we don't feel that all the time. I understand that. We still set our hearts to do these things. We want to rekindle that. We want to give ourselves to that and to 
actually we get so much caught up in doing things for him. We just want to experience his delight. I remember, I'll leave you with this. I, I, as a young boy, middle school especially, I, I remember having such an intimate relationship with the Lord. He used to, and still does, but uh, speak so clearly uh, to me as a young boy. I had often at night just talk with him uh, for long periods of time. And we just, I just had this connection with him. And uh, in school, you have all of the peer pressures and all of the things that come forth, and you have to make some decisions uh, that causes your popularity not to be so popular. You know, you start to lose a little favor with your friends because, especially about that age, seventh and eighth grade, you know, they start going one way and you know in your heart that it's not right. And I remember being so deeply connected with the Lord, knowing that my relationship was so secure that He was pleased with me and the pleasure of the Lord was upon me that I was secure in that. And I was able to say no to so many things when pressure came across me because the primary place of my heart was captured by the Lord. That's what we want to look like. So when those things came up, I was so secure in Him, I could say no. A lot of there's you here tonight or this morning, we, we want to be secure in the Lord. Knowing His voice and His pleasure over you, and that actually produces the right responses from our heart. That's what the first commandment is saying, the greatest commandment is saying, if you love me, if you're moved by me, you begin to love me in all of your heart, all of your mind, soul, the rest of it, the rest of the commandments and those things that are the Lord, uh, that we see in the, the kingdom and the words, is those things just begin to flow from that. But we so often, we so often overlook that and we only pursue things and what we should do in acts. We miss the connection. We do that in relationships, marriage, even with our children. And sometimes we're only about, you know, the requirements and how we should do this and how we should respond rather than just enjoying our children. Enjoying our Father. Father, I thank you for your word. That you would bring back the simple things. Father, that you created us for delight, that we would delight in you, in you and us, that we would feel that upon our heart, that very sanctuary. Father, I ask that, again, you would bring us back to our first love. Father, I ask first with you, that we'd be connected to you in such a deep way. But Lord, I also ask that you would produce this for one another. That we wouldn't just go through the motions of what we're supposed to do, but God, we would be captured with even passion for one another. That it would be rekindled, that these things would flow from a heart of love. So we declare it even this morning, Lord, that we love you. We, we want to feel your passion over us in an increased way. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you'd like prayer, uh, for anything, we'd love to pray for you. I'll have the elders come up and pray uh, with you. Uh, there's snacks and refreshments in the back, and so please just enjoy uh, fellowship. Have a good week.